0: what's happening everyone it's kyle from magpie 24 7 and i'm here with paul rutter as part of episode 9 of the magpie 24 7 nearly podcast. double figures. we're nearly hitting uh, them double digits mate it's um probably it's probably nine more than expected to be honest we've got off the ground <laughs> not many expected to get off the ground but we'll have done and we have done very well first it's the first month actually um Literally two days ago, hit was first month anniversary of uh, being a part of Magpie 24-7. And it's, um, it's been a blast, hasn't it, Paul?
1: It's certainly been a roller coaster. Um, lots of positive things. A few uh, bumps along the way, here and there. Uh, but the numbers have been uh, absolutely fantastic. People are listening uh, in and listening in longer. Uh, we are getting more and more people who are liking, subscribing, following, sharing, interacting, uh, critiquing, bantering, taking the pee you name it. It's getting busier and busier and busier. So we you know, obviously we thank every single person for, you know, what's, uh, you know, what they've done. And you receive messages, Carl, from like, you know, all over the place. We got, uh, you know, Australia on the um, on the previous podcast. Yeah, Um and then we've got like uh, Norway, all over Europe, Denmark.
0: It? Yeah, it? it's, it's mental.
1: America, work. South America. It's just Is absolutely it? mental, isn't it? You know that the the reach and stuff like that. So you know, because um, we appreciate there's lots of choice out there. So it, it's a great thing that uh, people are taking the time to tune into my pie twenty four seven and enjoying what we do. And it's only just getting beginning, because you know, getting a, a start because. You know we uh, are looking to constantly improve and constantly push on uh, the product,
0: absolutely. I mean, Paul talked about a little bit of a bump on the way, or bumps. Sorry, the it's a bump, it's not much of a problem, it's nothing to worry about. But with Twitter, got hacked. That is that that is the bump along the way. Yes. Um, what we're, we're just about to hit a thousand followers and um, it gets suspended. It, typical, why has it been suspended? Um, we've been hacked so if you're listening and you did hack with you're an asshole. and please let we have our account back <laughs> but um yeah it's it's one of them we've got backup account in place and that's just hit a thousand followers so yeah it's again it's just a massive thank you for the support but the hiccup along the way we've managed to overcome which is fantastic but yeah the first month of magpie 24 7 has really been a blast really enjoyed it i really Honestly, love doing the podcast stuff. As Paul's probably joked a couple of times, we've got I've got a face for podcasting, but he's joked about himself, of course. But um, yeah, it's 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 just been a blast, blast being able to enjoy content and that again, and, and just and just enjoy the process. And I'm more so looking forward to when the when the football's back on and um, just podcasts after games and stuff. I'm I'm sure we'll do like an update podcast of what will what kind of the process will be because obviously if you've followed us from. Newcastle Fans TV you'll know we used to be a part of videos after games and now we're not going to it's not it's going to be a different process now for not being on YouTube so we'll probably do a podcast on the week before the season starts explaining what we're going to be doing but um, yeah it's just basically a podcast where we'll sum up the week this one um, I, I enjoy these ones more than any other to be honest Paul I think we're just run through the week, take the piss out of everything and move on. I think mean, that's literally what this yeah, I is. mean,
1: you've got to as a Newcastle fan, haven't you? At the end of the day, if you can't take the piss and have a laugh, you'd, you'd, you'd cry or you'd be on the phone to somebody, you know what I mean? Yeah. Looking for a, a bit of, a, you know, tea and sympathy at the end of the day because it's, uh, it's never easy. It's never straightforward. It's never dull and it's never black and white. <laughs> so, you know,
0: no, I wish it was as easy as easy as that to be a Newcastle fan, but it's been quite a busy week. Um, from Singapore to Jeff Hendricks to um, Matty Longstaff to to the fixtures being released to Premier League finally getting back to the NUST. loads to go through this week, but we'll uh, we'll start with the big news that the Premier League finally responded in the form of a Zoom video call to um the NUST and fair play to the the, the tried to direct the, the questions as best they could to, to air the Premier League and tried to get the answers that they needed. And to be fair Paul, I think that they managed to get the objective, which is a bit of a pathway to trying to get this deal back on. I know the NUST aren't responsible for getting the deal back in place or anything like that, but I think they've shown the buyers, if anything, there is a pathway to, to getting this takeover deal done and it's, it's for me, it's now up to them to try and get that sorted, but What did you think of the initial uh, minutes that was released uh, early on the week, Paul? I
1: I was a little disappointed at first uh, that they didn't come out straight away. I wanted uh, the information, the build-up had been big and huge uh, for this meeting. It then comes out and then transpires that the minutes have to be agreed. I understand that. I understand the corporate world that they operate in and everything being micromanaged um, and everything. You know, I, I understand the need for that in certain circumstances, but yes, it was frustrating. The, you know, the information finally comes out. Obviously, they've only got a very limited time. They've only got certain scope to the questions that they can ask and no, uh, you know, a passionate Raw fan base would probably have wanted to go further. But with their remit, because it it wasn't just a meeting about this one thing. It was to do with all the fans coming together collectively from different clubs, all the supporters trust, to be able to iron uh, out know, issues and to improve communication. So it wasn't just Newcastle. It was all of the other clubs and stuff as well. They did well to get 30 minutes. They did well to sort of try and eke out a few details. Obviously, it's difficult, difficult because they hide behind the shield. And hiding a great work, because obviously Richard masters is the hide-and-seek champion of the entire universe. But they do hide behind their, You know, it's a confidential process, this, that, and the other. But they've got some yeah. meat on the bones, I felt, some useful information, and certainly information that, you know, the likes of Stavely and co. can use to be able to, uh, you know, uh, plot a way forward if they so want to. Uh, obviously, the big thing is now is the fact that they've gone quiet, a good thing, because with the NDAs and all that sort of thing, yeah. Uh, is that a good thing that you know they're getting backed out to negotiate? And has been little sounds, little squeaks, little noises of posit- positivity of certain people, but since that information come out, Kyle, obviously nothing uh, has come out from the uh, you know perspective buyer side, uh, and there was due to be a statement from Mike Ashley, but again that has been cut short, and that's disappeared without a trace because that was quite a strong rumour across social media as well, but uh, you've got to commend all the lads on the NUST, it's very, very difficult they all have full-time jobs they do this on top, you know they're spending hours and hours and hours uh, responding to um, you know, responding to emails pushing the agenda, trying to push it as much as possible in the framework that they've got, And I think they did a a reasonably um, you know, good job and they'd managed to do something that, you know, myself, many others uh, couldn't do. You know, including people who've gone down to the Premier League. And that was actually get Richard Master and get, uh, you know, some sort of information out of him. Because it was appearing to be like getting blood out of a stone.
0: Well, for a long time, mate, it was. Mm-hmm. It, it was like it getting blood out of a stone. And it's t- it took them two weeks to finally get back to it. You know what I mean? And those two bits of it that really... N- uh, nirked me a little bit with it to be honest um, the the, uh, the letter that was on about last week where I kind of lost my mind and I completely forgot about in last week's podcast um, the, the letter that the Premier League don't know anything about the, they're still adamant of this not being there but according to Stavely and Co they got a letter hand delivered from one of the higher higher ups in the Saudi government to prove there's not a link so one of them is lying on that situation and I, I, I don't see why either of them need to lie I don't know what's going on but like it seems it's, it seems really silly to me that the, it's over it's over this one letter and for me I think if the buying party are have this letter they should just this is just leaking or something i mean the the singapore lot that will come on too soon they were quick to release documents and stuff to keith downey uh earlier in earlier in the week so it's like yeah it's it, it's just bizarre to me that's all it, the the main problem is a letter even though there was a 340 page document stating all the facts and figures with stuff and who who's gonna be doing what and everything like that that it's still such a still such an issue to me paul i mean what do you think of it?
1: I do. I find it very, very bizarre. I find it a bit school ground, like he said, she said. Um, at the end of the day, if that's the only thing stopping it, you know, you, you, from the Premier League side, they may not like the people who are trying to buy Newcastle. They may not want the deal to go through, but it's not a, a process with that is like your opinion or like a moral test or anything like that, you know, you provide X and you tick that box and you move on and you move on and you move on. And, move on, and that is the way that it should be. Um, if, if Stavely and co have got that paperwork, then just resubmit it, resubmit it. Uh, you know, that that's, you know, from all the language that she was using, everybody still wants the deal. Uh, The Saudis, the PIFs, People still want the deal, Rubens still want the deal. You've got the paperwork, but we just don't know because obviously nothing's been said. But we don't, is that a good sign? But it's gone on, oh, it's gone on longer than an election, it's gone on longer than it ever Brexit. needs to do. Yeah, it's gone on with Brexit. Um, it just goes on and on. And Ariston, and if you're a certain age, you'll get that one. Um, but all for one letter. It, it's like it's like trying to get a mortgage or something like that. You know what I mean? With always, oh, we just want this, I just want that, or this needs to be clarified and stuff like that and crossing uh, the T's and dotting the I's. But uh, common sense surely has to come into it at some point. Mm. And that's why, to me, I don't think the Premier League should be involved. It should be a separate body that goes through this, ticks it all off and then does like a, a report to both sides and then they progress it because it's it's bizarre, Kyle. You've you've got a buyer who is supposedly keen to buy, you've got a seller who is very keen to sell to just that one person. We'll get onto the others, I'd imagine, uh, later. Um, but then you've got somebody who hasn't got like a, a dog in the fight, yet they are the ones potentially holding it up. And and at the end of the day, um somebody is lying or telling a, a very, very dodgy version of, of of the truth. And I just can't help but think <laughs> the people who look a slight more guilty are the Premier League because they have openly said and stated and suggested, and the people who they've employed, they don't want this deal to go through, Kyle. They don't want it to go through. So it's in their interest to use any tactic possible to delay, to frustrate and to ultimately try and get them just, just to leave. They don't want anybody else but the Saudis involved. Yep. So um, it makes no sense. If, if Stabley's doing it, it doesn't make any sense to me, but I can see it making sense for the Premier League because ultimately, like I said, they don't want to deal with these people because they're going to upset the people from Qatar who pay them a lot of money um, and have an incredible amount of influence down with the Premier League. You know, from everything yeah. that we've seen, uh, the connections, the dodgy dealings, the relationships that they've got uh, in the Premier League, in FIFA, and uh, UEFA, there's, there's, it tends to suggest that the issues are coming from the Premier League side. And that's difficult if you're a Newcastle fan because it's them who we need to change the mindset of to be able to get this takeover, you know, bloody through at the end of the day. So. Uh, uh, it, it's a circus. And it wouldn't go on, Kyle, if it was a Manchester United, a Liverpool, an Arsenal, cotton oh, uh, Tottenham, non, none of them. This would have absolutely walked through. Um, but it's, it's just typical. It's typical of the uh, agenda to protect the elite and to protect the establishment, which um, they can deny that, and they did deny it. Uh, saying that they hadn't spoken to the other clubs. But we all know it's just bullshit. It's smoke and mirrors. Um, yeah. And it's just elitism.
0: I mean, we'll know it to be false. I mean, if you remember, Being Sports wrote uh, all 19 other Premier League clubs to veto the deal. Do you know what I mean? We're aware of this. Um, and the Premier League have denied any outside interference. But Being Sports, the main man, Richard Keyes, who's best mate with... Gary Hoffman, who's chairman of the Premier League. So you kind of tell me there's no links at all to this because the 100% is, 100%. There's definitely links in the Premier League are trying to either dodge around it or just say that, say it's false completely when we know there's there's definitely links to it. Mm. And for me, I, I just don't understand why the Premier League are covering that up. Like for me, they kind of say there's no outside interference. Because that's a load of bullshit. We know that there is outside interference from Amnesty, from this uh, Kasogi woman who was sent in, sending sending fifteen hundred letters to the Premier League. Yet yeah, he got back to Hill in a couple of days. We had to wait f- six bastard weeks, yeah. no three, five, three, four, five months for yeah, a response. Yet yeah, he, yeah,
1: he doesn't acknowledge that. He doesn't acknowledge that yet. Everybody has seen the proof. You know, uh, everybody has seen that. And, and you know, uh, obviously, um, Harry Hans himself has said that they have wrote to the other clubs well in fact they wrote to everybody including newcastle how stupid do you have to be they wrote to all the clubs including newcastle suggesting that this was a bad deal they should veto it and this that and the other that in itself suggests that they have a role to play they should have no role because at the end of the day because then they are uh, technically affecting the competition um if you've got somebody who wants to sell something and it's theirs how can somebody else totally un- unconnected stop that from happening it's not theirs to be able to control that agenda you know mm. we would have liked Mike Ashley to have sold ages ago he hasn't he wouldn't why because it didn't suit him it suits him now at this time he needs the money and stuff yeah, like that exactly. so it's only going to be on his terms and uh, obviously we'll get to the the other situations uh, shortly. But it is all gonna, only going to be it. Ashley's beck and call, and in a way, if you buy a house or this, that, and the other, it, it's like having somebody totally random from the other side of town decide on whether you can sell that house or not. It's 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 stupidity. It's it's a farce, and I, I totally agree with what they've said with regards to the owners and directors test needs some serious examining. I understand that they were trying. to, You know, they say they're trying to protect the clubs after what happened, was it to Portsmouth? Um, yeah. When they nearly went, obviously, tits up and stuff. I understand the need for, for, for that uh, and to protect the clubs. But at the, at the end of the day, the only thing they are protecting is their own self-interest, their personal vendettas that they've got, the uh, elite, the establishment, as it is you know, set up at the moment. But um, I would say that a stronger Premier League, with as many strong teams in it as possible, is a good thing, is a very marketable thing. If Newcastle are constantly fighting to be fourth bottom all the time, how is that marketable at all, Kyle? How can you sell that to people from all over the planet? It's not oh, exciting. God. No, It it's, it drains the life force out of you.
0: It's worse than toothache. It is. It's horrible, mate. It is because for us, why a lot of fans are so in pain with this, we've had Mike Ashley for 13 years. There's been problems with Mike Ashley for 13 years. And this was the first honest opportunity we had of potentially ending that, and it was like the Premier League kind of pulled the rug from beneath when, just kind of says, "No you can sit in your place, you can stay with the likes of Steve Bruce, and you can stay mm-hmm. like between eighteenth, and need. Infinies can be a team that are waiting for relegation, because that's what we are. we're. We're yep. waiting for relegation. I know we'll be talking about like a sort of a little preview for the for the league season coming up with the fixtures and stuff. But like it's it's just a it's just a paddling boat waiting to sink. Like that's what war and it's it's so it's so depressing because we've we've needed this takeover now for such a long time. And the Premier League are just uh used can little Newcastle can stay there where we have we have we Tottenham's and we Liverpool's and all this stuff. And it's like I don't even know why a Tottenham or a Liverpool would veto the deal. It's it's bewildering to me. you see how far ahead Liverpool are at all to us. I don't know if Liverpool, seen the last game that they played, which was against us, they're the, absolutely the annihilated. We we're, 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 we are years away from Liverpool. Even if I take over right this second, we are we we are five years heavy spending behind Liverpool, and even then we Klopp, he'd still be able to keep the gap fairly, fairly fairly apart because they're that good. But
1: there, there they, should be no yeah, there should be no need. For any team like that to to be scared of a a Newcastle, ultimately, at the moment, we are a lower mid-table side at the very best, Kyle. Our objective every season is to look to gain between 38 and 40 points. And that is it. That is all we've got to look forward to. That is the mentality that has been drilled into us through years of austerity, years of cutbacks, years of, you know, Newcastle fans shouldn't be expecting this. You know, you're not a big club. This We've had this drilled into us all the time. That's all we are there for at the moment, is to make the numbers up, you know, and, and to, to claw our way up to 38 to 40 points with a brand of football that is abysmal, boring, attritional at times. Um, they shouldn't be worrying. Why, why are they worrying? why are they uh, concerned uh, you know at, at all i, I just I, I don't i don't get that mindset
0: if you're I, on you know? top why wouldn't you want why wouldn't you want extra opposition? why wouldn't you want that extra bit of competition because if mm-hmm. i was on top looking down i'd be look i'd be wanting teams to keep one more toes to be honest i want so, we're, so we can get better as a team do you know what yeah. i mean that's, that's what man you had when they were dominant had Arsenal, had Chelsea, Liverpool. You know, like they had all these teams to keep them on the toes, and like you'd want that, you'd welcome that as a fan, surely. Do you know what I mean? Get yeah. bored if you're just the best team by a million, million miles, and you win every week. Do you know yeah,
1: what I so mean? The, the, so, in other words, what you'd get with that sort of situation is is the Scottish League. Is yeah. that what you want? Is that what you want to be in a Scottish League where it's Celtic, it's Celtic. Oh, it, next season it might be Celtic. And the season after, well, I think it might just be Celtic. Do you know what I mean? It, it's just a procession. It, it's it's like sometimes watching F1, and you're just seeing Lewis Hamilton going around and lapping everybody up till second, and you're like, oh goodness me, he's not even trying. He gets out, and he's like, well, that wasn't even hard. That wasn't difficult. No, you want the you want the chase, you want the drama. Football is all about stories, moments, skill. Um, <laughs> And you want that, but if you're playing Newcastle at the moment, it's just predictable and boring. Yeah, we've got ASM, we've got Miggy and stuff. We've got a few good flair player players. Um But, by and large, I mean, if Newcastle play Liverpool a hundred times, how many times are we going to beat them with this team? Once, if we're lucky.
0: You know, Christ. When was the last time we beat Liverpool? I'm sure it was when Ayose uh, scored that one nil winner and the media beat had that worldie uh, at home. Um, 2014, I think it was. That's the last time we beat you know Liverpool. I mean? it, um, it, it,
1: they should not be worried about Newcastle. Why should they be worried about a team whose backup keeper's Carl Dale? why should they be worried about the likes of Christian Atsu? Do you know what I mean? Um, Scott the Longstaffs. The well, Longstaffs haven't had a brilliant season. The Longstaffs haven't had a brilliant, you know, brilliant season. They're they from the youth team. Paul Dummett. Are they scared of Paul Dummett? Is is that what you're <laughs> telling me? Andre Yedlin, is he giving Tottenham's air uh, sleep this Because he won that got away. Do you know what I mean? In, in all honesty, um,
0: I get what you mean. Yeah.
1: It, it 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 should not it should not be a worry to them. I mean, uh, you know, if you look at some of the great sides, like you said, even like Alex Ferguson, noisy neighbours. Yeah, bring it on. Roy Keane said the same. Yeah, bring it on. We'll sort it out yeah, on the bar.
0: You want that yeah. competition? Do you know what I mean? But then you know you've done it.
1: You know you've know you've you've earned it. you, you you've got your stripes.
0: Yeah, 100%, mate. I mean, to summarise this this letter, I mean, from what I can tell, is there's there's a pathway to this deal going back on or at least getting to completion. Because from what I can tell, I mean, both sides agreed, like you stated before, Paul. Both sides have indicated that they'd like to see it back on and sort it out. But for me, I, I think it goes one or two ways. I think it either... I think the Premier League get it back on or, or, or Mike Ashley takes them to court because I think Ashley will take them to court, you know, uh, with what's gone on, gone on because with this attribution or something, um, attribution or uh, for, for an 18-month um, external period where another you know, lot look at it, when a decision hasn't been made, that's that's really fishy to me. Uh, as well as that, you look at the... saying there's no outside interference when the raise and, like... It's just that like being sent a lot of it doesn't add up because we we'll know Gary Hoffman's links and his connections to people, and it's yeah. like even Blacky
1: situation. Even and when happened, like,
0: yeah, uh, when it when it first came out, that Hoffman was going to be Premier League chairman. You should have seen Richard Key's reaction on the on being sports. Oh, he's my best mate, and sat on the Terrence's with me. Nah, right. Like, do you know what I mean? Like. I think he knew from then on it was gonna be put through and it's like What a load of shit. And it's like he he's he's loving it now. Um saying, Oh, I think uh Jordy's hate me more than they hate Macums He's not far off. Do you know what I mean? I don't hate hate an individual Macgum as much as I hate him. Do you know what I mean? You know, so in terms of the fan base, there's plenty of players that I didn't like at Sunderland. but Richard Key is such a wanker man, just such a he is. Horrible bastard. Uh, the way he's treat our fans, the way he treats, just treats all of us to stay in our club. Um, and the way he went on with Benitez as well when he was here. Just he's still doing to- it now, Kyle. Yeah, yeah he still is. He's just another a- he- a- flipping prick.
1: He-, he put a tweet
0: out uh, about oh, oh, under a week ago now.
1: Um, mocking Benitez and stuff like that on about his, his project on about his record in China and obviously the bottom of the table aren't he? His, his new side and stuff like that not taking into account the situation and how the goalposts were moved after Benitez went over there and stuff like that um, not mentioning about the positives of, of uh, Rondon scoring the goals that he's scoring and this that and the other mm. uh, and now he's having to work with basically just young Chinese players uh, and Rondon um, yeah, exactly. but it all, it's always his own little uh tint, his own uh view, it's always skewed, uh, and he just comes lo- across
0: as not poisonously like not,
1: not professional G- at G- all. G- G-
0: I'm meant to be unbiased, do you know what I mean? But he is far, yeah. far, 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 yeah. far. You mean, you he's, he's talking about a manager who, like, obviously, obviously, a manager responsible for, for a football team, and a man, and like, you look at how Benitez carries himself, his family, and all that. I mean. Let's have a look at um Richard Keys now. He, how he's responsible for things. His job got sacked for sexism air claims and all the stuff behind the scenes for Sky. Um his marriage, that didn't go so well. I mean he's not. Did do, do you know He's going he's I... he's going he's going about people's responsibilities. He should look a bit closer at home because he's just one of the one of the biggest hypocrites that I've ever mm-hmm. came across in my entire life. He's just such a such an idiot. But to wrap he up, is. um,
1: wrap up
0: this part, to wrap up this part, it's like um, there's a there's there's a pathway to the deal now, and hopefully silence is a good thing. But one way or another, we know we're going to the start of the season with Mike Ashley in charge of the club still, which is really disappointing. Mm-hmm. We know we're going hopefully. to have <laughs> we're going to have a fairly a fairly poor window where very little's going on, but. And, and like scraping the bottom of the barrel and stuff. We know that's going to be the case this season, but um, yeah, hopefully we can get the steel. The deal can still go through because as the saying goes, "Make good things come to those who wait." But um, the last thing on the uh, on this takeover for this week was um, Chianora, who's who's Labour MP for Newcastle Central. I think it is Paul yeah, uh, um, I think yeah, yeah, I think that was right. Um she's launched a petition of her own, it's got over sixteen thousand where this would actually go to court and then the court and well not court goes to uh, the
1: Parliament, isn't it? Yeah, it
0: goes to Parliament and hopefully Par Parliament can like get involved. Uh, to be fair, I don't even think she needs a petition. I just think she needs to round up the MPs who've sent letters as well. And I think with enough of a push they could get they could get what they want in that in that um in I
1: think, country. Kyle, what happens, if they get over a certain amount, then by UK law, it, it has to be given a certain amount of time in Parliament. And what they're hoping for then is to get some sort of legal framework because, you know, football clubs that aren't just places where football are played, the institutions, the communities, Especially the, the families... Yeah, you know what I mean, uh, and there needs to be more protection. We've seen what's happened with Wigan, we've seen what's happened with Charlton, we saw what happened with Bury, um, you know, uh, all, albeit obviously from afar. We've seen what's gone on with Ashley for all these years, and and the um, you know the chronic issues, and we've seen hundreds of millions of pounds of investment in our region, not just our football club, but in our region, be um, be thrown away through politics, through um, friendships, through agendas, through, you know, looking after the establishment. And and that needs to be sorted out. There needs to be more fan representation um, involved in looking after the clubs. There shouldn't be a situation where it's purely down to one individual or a few individuals to have a massive effect over an entire fan base like Mm -hmm. in Newcastle or like any other football club, you know? Uh, and Newcastle fans have battled ever so hard and, and worked together in a way that I've never seen before. Uh, and she, and I'm putting all political stuff to you know to one side. She has worked tire, you know tirelessly. She's spoken to Mike Ashley. She's spoke you know spoken to people. She's got this uh, petition going, um, and she's continuously trying to you know to push that and go up and above and beyond you know beyond what most politicians would normally do because they normally just have fobbed it off have done yeah. in the past uh but she is 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 going and definitely she wants some time to be able to speak about this down in london because it's 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 not just a, a football matter it is a serious political and cultural issue um yeah, is. in in this country
0: it is 100% i mean football it's like our weekend and it's i mean i speak for us too but like there's millions across the country that I think the same. Do you know what I mean? Whether it's your yeah. allegiances yeah, is to a different football team, obviously, but if especially if it's across the country, but yeah, it's a massive cultural thing. And I think TNOR is onto something where football-owned clubs need fan presence in them. Even if it's a 20% stake that has to be a part of the fans. Just so the fans have a say again in the football teams like they used to. They're not just they're not just money-driven things by morally corrupt people. It's just like
1: yeah, we've never like been as far, as far away from it, Cal. It's never been the fans have never been as pushed far away from football as they are now. They've never been as used, abused, uh, and undervalued as they are now. I can remember growing up as you know, as a kid, and Keegan saying, "Look, we signed this this player." and it's your season ticket money, it's your bond money, it's your buying these bricks, you know, at St. James's and plates and stuff like that, it's your buying your replica shirts, you know what I mean? Exactly. And you were very much part of it, and now, it's just like, your customers, you referred to as a customer, you know, you, you, you're just on a, on a spreadsheet, you're just on a graphic, you're just on a subscriber account for Sky Sports, Um, and and, it, and it's not, it, it, football is far more, than that, it's far more than the game. Like I said, it is the community, it is the culture, it is everything, Um, and she's definitely definitely onto something. As I say, put on all politics aside, left, right, centre, all suck, whatever you think, Um, from a human level, I I would thank her for everything she's tried to do for for the Newcastle United faithful in in this course, because there's been that many obstacles put up but she has helped to fight through these obstacles and she's continued to be a beacon of hope, you know, that we yeah. can get something sorted and, and there can be brighter and better times ahead.
0: Yeah, 100%. And hopefully she keeps going with what she's doing because, honestly, we're 100% behind her. Um, but uh, to move on to the next, the next um, takeover story of the week. By the way, uh, before I do... Where's Henry Morris, Luke? Where is Henry Morris? But we'll crack on. Uh, The Singapore group, who on Sky, had a 16-page, not a 440-page, but a 16-page document that Keith Downey had allegedly seen. But, like, and apparently proof of funds has been in there. I don't know. But, to me, this company looks dodgy as the come, Paul. Um, Photoshopped photos with Barack Obama. I mean... Shearer allegedly denying and um, being a part of this, uh, part of an av- advisor role or being a manager, it just all stinks to me, Paul. And I think it's just a, it's it's just a bit of a, um, publicity stunt from people in Singapore to raise profile on the company. I think I think that's literally what it is. They've it's got a nasty- of- it, it it's is. A of- it
1: I mean, BN. BN. After all the trouble we've had with BN Sport, <laughs> and called BN. I mean that that straight away, the, the, the they did stuff on uh, Adobe Photoshop, and then after what after about a week, they went totally silent after their free trial had ended, or something <laughs> like that. You know, oh, it, it, it reeked it reeked of absolute. Um, Absolute shit. It looked, it, it, at first glance, it looked like somebody walking around Madame Two Swords. Then you look at it and you're thinking, is this the new series of The Apprentice? Where's Lord Sugar at? Um, it looked very, very, very suspicious, very fake, very quickly put together. They made some very outlandish claims about private jets. Was it private jets they had or something yeah. like that? Again, uh, that had more bullshit and more Jack and Ari than the BBC uh, show of, of the same name. Uh, and everywhere you looked you could pick holes in it um
0: 100
1: yeah and, and then chopper's coming out with his statements and stuff like that not helping himself putting stuff out there but only putting half stories out and everything uh, and you're like have you really been hoodwinked that much are you really that desperate for cash as your gambling issues that bad uh michael that uh you having to stoop down to work for these millions who are pushing you something. Shearer had nothing to do with it whatsoever. He distanced himself straight away from it. Um, Because if Shearer had any sort of connection to it, it would have had major credibility to it. Michael Chopra, on the other hand, comes across as a bit of a desperate wannabe uh, and a bit of an attention haul. I'm sorry to say, I know he played for Newcastle previously, but he'd have played for Tom Dick and Harry FC, if need be. Um, We all know about his struggles and stuff like that in life. And I think he's just literally uh, thought, oh God, this is the answer. This is the answer. And he's probably been as hoodwinked as we all were and taken in. But like I say, it looks like some sort of mock-up for the BBC Apprentice show with Lord Sugar. Um, and we could all make outlandish claims. A sixteen-page document I could knock up in you know forty-five minutes.
0: Well, that was yeah.
1: I've, you know, and still have room room to spare. Uh, but yeah, there's more holes in it than a, than a, an old dodgy sieve, to be honest. And, uh, you know, I understand Keith Downey's come out. He said, oh, I've seen this, that, and the other. I've come out there and said, I've said Bigfoot uh, this (laughs) afternoon. Doesn't mean it's actually bloody true, does it? At the end of the day, he's got to fill up minutes for a sports channel. So I always say, don't believe everything that you hear about people. Even if you see something, only believe 50% of what you've actually seen. Um, And I think that's one of these situations. You're filling the minutes up for Sky Sports News you're chatting shit um, to sort of satisfy your bosses and it makes good uh, good clickbait stuff. It makes the stuff for the website. It fills up minutes on your Sky Sports News when there's no other football on. But in reality, I'm sorry, it, it, it looks amateur hour. It really, really does.
0: Yeah, it does.
1: I've got 100 Jets. Did you know that?
0: <laughs> well, oh, okay. I, I've, I've, I've got four Ferraris outside and about twenty-five Lamborghinis. I didn't tell anyone, but uh, with that in mind, I want to buy a Newcastle now. I just—I'll uh, put that on record now, and I'll get an exclusive next week. But um, yeah, <laughs> I, just, I just think the the the, uh, the media are very—they just—I think they hear something and they immediately think, "Oh, this will get clicks." And I just think there's too many journalists like that. I mean, there's a couple that are really good at what they do like see henry winter and george colgan in particular but like yeah. sky sports is usually the ones that you go to and the majority trust so it's hard it's like even they're losing credibility now because the says the, like, is all we've seen this document and stuff and it's like you've got to question the legitimacy of it because I, I i mean with what we've been through off and on the last three years with uh love letters sent from peter Kenyon and Mike ashley from uh, stavely curry nights to like do you know what i mean we've been for it we've been through it all loads of people saying it's done loads of celebrities saying it's done loads of people saying there's a new bid loads of people saying it's full of shit like we've been we've seen everything the past three years and it's like we've seen so much we know the difference between the bullshit and what is actually true and like everything aligned with this P- uh, pif deal and it's not that the the rich lot I think it's got more to do with Stavely and the Rubens brothers as well because they're about uh, the money
1: pal. It's not no, about the money at all.
0: It's more so about getting Mike Ashley out of the football club than anything else for me. Totally I mean, right. You can not I, I know some people say well you can't take that logic because of the Singapore lot but they don't look legit to me. I think they're just looking for a couple of clicks. People that go on the website, they make a little bit of money and then they move on to the next the next project but for me Unless there's a major update next week. I won't be mentioning them again on this podcast, mate, to yeah. be honest. Unless like, mean,
1: look look at that ideas. loser who wants to buy Sunderland. Look at that loser. The one who looks like Bray Wyatt, right? You know what I'm on about, don't you?
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, I can't remember what he's called, but some bearded hillbilly by the looks of it. <laughs> um, uh, and, and, you know, at the end of the day, <laughs> he's had a couple of failed businesses. Uh, he's got something to do with the adult film industry. And then all of a sudden he's coming out speaking the big I am and this, that, and the other. And it, it's just, it's just stroking his his own ego and this, that, and the other. And you've not got two quid to rub together. What are you doing looking by in Sunderland? It's the same as uh, hen, hen, Henry, um, whatever you call him, the American lad. You looking at More.
0: him.
1: Yeah. And, and paperwork comes out saying that he's he, he's close to losing his house. How how can somebody who can't even afford your repayments on your own mortgage look to buy a Premier League club? You know, um, you look you look at things like he's been in trouble with the FBI, and um, you know, one of the things for the owners that you know the owners test is about a criminal history and this that and the other. You talk about TV and piracy; they were involved in it. So, like I say, it's it has it's got more holes in it than an old save. It doesn't take much scratching off the surface and it's frustrating then when people like Keith Downey and Sky Sports pick it up and try and run it. There's a serious news story and get people's hopes up. When, if you even just looked at the very, very surface, there would be alarm bells going off straight away and you'd say, I'm not reporting that because it is fake news. It is shit. It is bullshit. Yeah. Uh, it is about as realistic as that being a, a Bray Wyatt guy buying Sunderland and doing something with them. Um it's all just to serve other agendas, other interests and stuff. Um, But this latest lot, honestly, uh, just when you think, you know what I mean? Just when when you're thinking. uh, Shame on the likes of uh, Michael Chopper and stuff. At the end of the day, if it was to come off, I'd be the first person to apologise. But there was more than, uh, you know a few suspic- suspicions and if yeah. you can smell shit kyle it normally is because there's shit there and i can smell shit and it's uh it's not a good thing
0: no definitely not mate. but we'll move on from the takeover stuff because um yeah it's obviously raised a couple of air blood pressures in this uh in this podcast but we'll move on to the fixtures because they came out what wednesday thursday last week friday i think it was either it doesn't matter what day it was but like, yeah, i think I- so but um West Ham away first game um a bit of a surprise actually I was I was expecting a top team and then a newly promoted say first two games as that's happened the previous three seasons well the previous two sorry but no the previous three that's right but um yeah West Ham away Brighton at home Spurs away Burnley at home Man United at home Wolves away There were first six games so for the top eight in the first six games mate and to be honest, I think I honestly thought the Premier League were going to screw over again and give up seven of the top eight in the first eight. Uh, oh yeah, a, you could see, it, couldn't you? From, yeah, from a mile off, but like they haven't done that, so that that's a good thing, I suppose. But for me, looking at looking at this, Paul, I'm still, I'm still, I still think it looks bleak because we don't look fantastic. Um, we're squads a lot weaker than it ended with at the season at season's end. Uh, would have to uh, for me to be even remotely confident. I think would need three or four more players in. Would need a right back, solid right back. Kieran Trippier is available. Kevin and Babu is available. Go and get one of them. Um, centre midfielder who's obviously going to replace who's going to replace Benderleb. Um, I don't think Matty Longstaff is a is a, is a capable replacement just yet. Uh, Jeff Hendricks has been more of a right midfielder at uh, Burnley, so it's hard to say where he'll play. More on him soon, but we need two centre forwards. We need another another winger to replace Lazaro. Like we need all these. We need a left back. Like we need all these players, Paul. And may, it's like,
1: may we we start again in three weeks' time. We start in three weeks' time, and yet Bruce is like, "Trust me, trust me. Everything's okay. It's not as bad as you might think it is." When when oh, when could. we take when we take weeks to sign a free transfer, when it when you know we've allowed Marty Longstaff to go out of contract. You know, this this from the mind, right, of Lee Charney. The man who employed Steve Bruce in the first place. The man whose own mother doesn't even like him. The best part of him, I've said before, say it again, dribble down his mother's ass crack. He's useless. His old wife doesn't like him. None of the Newcastle fans like him. He he pretends the Charlton like he's a Newcastle fan. He doesn't make any decisions positively yeah. for Newcastle. He he's not. He doesn't think outside the box. He's a selfish bastard. He he serves uh, Mike Ashley and only Mike Ashley and only Mike Ashley's interests. Um, and at the end of the day, he's a he's put in charge and, and like he's just a custodian of the club. Um. He's supposed to speak to the fans. He doesn't. He doesn't engage in any way. He's the most useless person in charge of a football club. Going, um, and we've got major holes in this squad that yeah. need to be plugged. Left back. Who's going to play left back? You know, Jeffro okay. Williams is available on a free transfer. That's the what. That's what's doing the rounds at the moment. I know he's not fully fit and stuff like that. But it's a no-brainer, Kyle. Why yeah. wouldn't you bring Jeffro Williams in? He was fantastic for us last season, reward the lad with a little bit of uh, decency and a bit of, you know, humanity. But you won't get that from this club because this is the club that fucked around with Jonas Gutierrez and yeah. treat him like a piece of shit. So you're not going to treat another player who's currently injured and give him a chance and and, and to take him on, you know, even though he, he would be a good player for us. Uh, I personally, I, I think, I can't see us signing any more midfielders. Uh, I can't see us signing a right back. Um... I think he's keeping his powder dry and he's possibly going to try bringing one or two strikers and move a couple on. But best of British, mate. Because if you think you get rid of Henry Savé and Ashraf uh, Lazar and, co, and even Rolando Ahrens, there's not a fucking chance. was going to take them? Stevie Wonder. Because <laughs> no no fucker else is going to take them. They're shite. They're absolutely shite. They just sit there and collect a wage packet. There's no shame to these men. There's no honour. There's no nothing. Uh, but again, signed. who signed them? Yeah, fuck. Oh. who was in charge, Lee Charlie. He okayed it. He thought it was a good deal. Henry S- uh, Savé, 35 grand a week. Give your head a shake. You should be out of a job for that. If Mike Ashley was any sort of <laughs> person, he'd say, look, you've wasted some money. You have wasted some money, lad. Oh, And I'm sorry, like, but you're out on your ear. You know, never mind letting um, Mighty Longstaff run out of contract. I don't let Lee Charlie's contract run out. And got rid of him because he's a useless well, piece of shit.
0: Well they give him a pay rise last year, Paul. But we'll go back onto the onto the fixtures. in West okay, Ham away, Bright man. at home, Spurs away, Burnley at home, Man United at home, Wolves away. Looking at them, I think the best Newcastle can do is eight points out of the first six games. And I yeah. think eight points will be a fantastic start for Newcastle because I don't want to beat around the bush with it, but I've never dreaded the start of a season more than I've dreaded this one. Um literally counting the days to the start of the season because with what's happened in the summer with the takeover with another season at Ashley Loom and we're scraping the bottom of the barrel more so than usual. It's just where like I say at the start, we're we're paddling boat waiting to sink and it's just yeah, we're just waiting for relegation. it's it's so depressing because it's either a takeover's gonna happen or we're gonna be a championship team in the next couple of seasons and it's uh, it's so it's just so depressing as a fan because you, we're going into this season and we know we're not gonna aspire to anything more. You've got a manager that's happy to finish above Southampton, and yeah, I know there's I've I've seen I've backed Bruce and I've said he's earned himself six months and this and that. He did the job last season, Paul. He did the job, but at the same time, he's shown he's shown capability that well, he's shown that he's more than capable of getting this club relegated. With some of the inconsistencies, chucking what the shit at the wall and saying what sticks for most of the season, messing players about like Matty Longstaff, like Lazaro, who's just went away, like not addressing the striker situation, playing Joel until too many times, playing Rafa's tactics when they weren't working, parking the yeah. bus at the likes of Brighton at home. Like, there's so many problems with Steve Bruce as a manager and one,
1: one rotation. As well. Squad that's management
0: possible. squad management's a big yeah. one as well. I mean, five centre backs and he managed to get all of them injured. Like it's like I know he did the job, mate, but he wrote really his look a hell of a lot last season. And I don't want to just say oh he was it was a fluke, it was it was it was that 'cause that's a that's a coward's way out of trying to critique him, but like it's it's so it's just like he did write his look a lot last season with a lot of things. And like we were
1: very lucky last season, very if, very lucky. If it went for some of their matches, if it went for the,
0: if it went for the defense scoring goals, um, in the early part of the season, then Maximin after the restart and all that stuff, we wouldn't go anywhere near forty points last season, no. nowhere near. And like what we're going to do next season? Rely on Maximin again, and we're going to rely on Debravka again just to keep winning the league. It's like, what's going on?
1: People are cutting on Kyle. People cotton on, if, if you're standing still in the Premier League, right, as a side, and we're relying on set pieces, we're relying on ASM, a bit of magic, we're relying on corners for, for defenders to attack, people will cotton on, if you stand still in the Premier League, you are going backwards. You've got to be progressive. And these people aren't progressive. They ain't capable of thinking outside the box. He was a very, very lucky man. We were down at uh, Wooderson Park uh, to say that absolute miracle and do not tell me he sent them players on looking for us to get into the game because that is bullshit uh, against Chelsea again absolute um shouldn't oh, shouldn't have happened in a month for Sundays in you know, all logic you know and Bunda and can't keep hitting the same spot time and time again eventually luck will run out you know Football, you know, it's all the form is uh, temporarily class as permanent. We do have a few class players, we do have a few really good players. Shelby on his day, on his day, Mayad can be a, a game changer. ASM, Mickey, fantastic players. We've got some good centre backs, we need to keep them fit. We've got a few utility players and this, that, and the other. We're not a million miles away, but if you can't see that we're short of goals and we haven't replaced Ayoshi Perez and uh, Solomon Rondon by now. Then you're a madman. He's been in the job long enough. And I'm, I'm, it's, I used to get on about uh, Pardew with the Pardew excuse bingo. And, and Steve Bruce is in a similar mold at the moment. He's coming out with the excuses, he's coming out with the trust me and this, that, and the other. All the classic Pardew stuff rehashed. I put something on the Facebook page today about some of the, the classic lines. And it's just different ways to to wrap up being mediocre, being average. Um and like you say, just trying to compete in the Southampton Cup can we stay above Southampton because that is judged to always be a good season it's not it's not for yeah. me it's not enough to, to say that I finish fourth bottom because eventually your look will run out you know you'll get a run of bad injuries and you'll go on a bad run or this that and the other and then we will be relegated and I know some people are saying yeah but then we can get taken over and that can be good and it can be a force for change if we go down again, there's no guarantee of us coming back up straight away. No. And you've no. only got to look at some of the, the absolutely shite that's lower down in the championship and then into the division three to see that things can go wrong. I don't want our club to be relegated.
0: No, um, no, no, I but, but yeah.
1: Bruce Bruce has you know, trust me, trust me, things aren't as, as bad and this, that, and the other. Yes, they are bad when your leading scorer has only got five goals and stuff like that. Your striker's only got two goals all season, yet he's played all season. You know, we used to take the piss out of Stefan Givash, where one won goal, Jondal Thomason and <laughs> Fred I do from now. Players like this, I tell you what, you would snap snap your arm off to get Just Lou back now, wouldn't you? And we used yeah, to take the probably. piss out of them. Do you know what I mean? So, it, 40 million quid, and these people are being asked to sign another, uh, these people think Joe Linton is worth forty million pound, and you're asking him to now find a striker on the cheap to do a deal to get somebody in. You know, you, you you've got you've got uh, is it Valencia who are in financial trouble at the moment? Go over there and have a look at at, at their strikers. What have they got? What can we poach? What 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 can we do? But no, we, we don't because we act so slowly. The people we've got in charge are mental. They take too long to make decisions make too many wrong decisions, they waste money, they mismanage the squad, they mismanage the club, they abuse the club. Um and, and you know, you, you see players like um Chris Woods, he's gonna believe in Burnley. You see uh, players like uh, Callum Wilson down at down at down at Bournemouth. We're screaming out for a striker, yet they've got they've got a better strike force than us and they're in the championship.
0: You can name four or five strikers straight, uh, in the championship that are better than what we've got. In fact, you could name yep. more. Uh, Brentford, um, Watford, um, yep, Brentford, all these teams have a better striker than pathetic. us. It's it pathetic.
1: Is. Even West, even even the likes of um, West Brom coming up have got better strikers than us.
0: Mm, it's ridiculous. Charlie Austin. Charlie Charlie Austin you all all of Do you know what I mean? It's like we need to address the situations and w- even if we bring these in, mate, I still don't feel confident Um, because... Yeah, we, we, we're desperate. We, we're absolutely desperate, cap and hand, for goals.
1: And we have been for ages. When we, when was the, the last time you, we had a decent... I mean, yeah, people bang on about Dwight Gale and yeah, he will score goals if he can stay fit and that's a big if, right? But at the end of the day, Dwight Gill needs five or six chances to score one goal. You know, some some of these other clubs, you look at some of the top strikers, one chance, one goal, that's all they need. And that yeah. can be the, the 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 game changer. Now, some of these games we barely create one or two chances per game. So if we only create one or two chances, we need the striker when then one or two chances is created to score, the pressure's on. We can't afford to be creating waiting for Dwight Gill to score one in five because five chances might come over two or three games. You know, if he was playing for a top club they might give him 10 chances a game, he might score two and he might look really better but we're in a desperate situation where we don't create enough, we need creativity I think we're screaming out for some extra pace, I think Lazaro needs to be replaced Uh, and we are desperate for, I would say two strikers, I'd sell Moodoo I'd sell Gale, I wouldn't have re-signed Andy Carroll Joe Linton has been an unmitigated disaster, although like we've discussed,
0: we've he got to give more him more time. Yeah.
1: He's going to need more time. But I'd perhaps drop him into the play behind behind a new striker. Uh, but we need striking and reinforcements. And uh, these players, I say this year after year, they should be brought in at the beginning of the transfer window to allow them to settle in and to integrate with the squads. I mean, we've been at York all week to escape the, um, the paddling pools and the wheelie bins. And Hendricks comes in on the last day of pre season training at our York base. You know,
0: seems a bit pointless, doesn't it?
1: It's just, Carl, it's always farce, it's always stupidity. An absolute moron could run the club better than the people who are entrusted with one of the most precious things in the entire city of Newcastle that football club. But we just, it just boils my piss. It really does boil my
0: piss. I mean, I'm looking at them six games, Paul. I think if we have a really bad start of the season like Bruce had last season, I think Bruce is going to be under severe pressure because you look at yeah. the way we ended last season, you look at a couple of factors that we've already spoken about regarding Bruce riding his look and stuff. The majority of fans see through that. And I think if he had a bad start of the season, I think it would be, it would be a majority decision for, for, for fans wanting him out the door. Because not many fans wanted him in in the first place. And, like, I think if he doesn't hit the ground running next season, it's going to be toxic with the stuff over the summer uh, and everything like that. I think think fans are just, I think the boiling point's really coming to fruition now. And if we start bad and we don't pick up at least two or three wins out of them first six games, if we're in the bottom three after them six games, I think people will be calling for Bruce's head, Mm -hmm. uh, especially given performances as well. Did he I hear what he, what he said? What he said? He,
1: he he's come out and he said, "I hope the players can start the new season the same way they started with Project Restart." And I nearly choked. <sighs> I nearly choked when he said that. We had two wins. Was it out of ten?
0: Two wins in ten.
1: Yeah, and apart from the Sheffield United game, which yeah, you know, we were decent. We looked absolutely shit. I mean, we looked okay against Bournemouth and obviously there we were relegated side and stuff. But after yeah. that, we got our asses tanned on a regular basis. We didn't have a clue. We didn't manage the squad correctly, so we picked up a, a stupid amount of injuries. The stupid amount of injuries cost us even more results. We were, we couldn't score to save our lives. We couldn't score in a brothel. Um, yeah. You know? So I don't want to be hearing Steve Bruce coming out saying we need the same sort of start that we had a Project Restart and Oh, I want them to play like they did under Project Restart because we were shit. We were absolutely the most part, shit. We were. I
0: mean, we got, but, off, yeah. we got battered off Liverpool. I mean, even good to got battered off them too, fair enough. But poor performances against uh, Villa, uh, West Ham, the abysmal performance away at Brighton where we just accepted a 0-0 draw. That was the, disgusting. The, the surrender in the FA Cup. Like... Yeah, if you want to end this, if you want to start the season like that, mate, we are in deep flipping shit. But I wanted to move on to, like move away from that because I mean we'll do a a big podcast where we'll preview the season and stuff and go through with predictions and all that stuff. But like, um, look to young. Now this is an interesting one because I remember when Newcastle signed him on loan um, in the January period. I think we just sold Kabai. And he played eight or nine games. He didn't score a single goal. He only had one good performance away at the Hull. And um, we got rid of him. We didn't think he'd become much. He had a good season in, in the Netherlands, which is a fairly poor league. So it's like, all oh, right, okay. Past week, he scored two in a semi-final against Man United to knock them out. And he scored the winner in uh, the Europa League final. And he's a Europa League champion. So he went from Newcastle to that in a couple of years, which, I mean, but well done for a start. Congratulations. But isn't it typical in Newcastle? This always happens. Florian Tovan, the biggest waste of money for a wing I've ever seen will waste, wins a World Cup. Luke Dion, outcast at Newcastle, not good enough, <laughs> Um, wins a Europa League. Uh, Facundo Ferreira, if you remember him, never was good enough to even start for Newcastle. Uh, was in the semi final with Shaq Donetsk in the in the Europa League this season. Like it just bewilders us all these former players going away and doing some superb things. Wynalder won the Champions League. Soko played in that same final. Like it's just mental Yanma played in an FA Cup final. I know they got Danny the a- Simpson out- mate. Danny Simpson won a league title. It's just flipping typical isn't it? Like they get it outcast is? at Newcastle. He was <laughs> they get outcast at Newcastle in the flipping name. Um, <laughs> the and win, like major stuff or do major things.
1: You couldn't make this shit up, could you? You really couldn't. But this is where, I, you know, I've said previously on previous podcasts sometimes use Joe Linton as a perfect excuse, you know, uh, example that people judge him too, too quickly. Uh, you know, these are young lads coming in from one side of the world to the other. And often at Newcastle, we bring players in at times of crisis when we've got nobody else and you've got to throw them in the deep end. This has happened with Joe Linden. This has happened with other uh, players. So rather than slowly integrate them, which would you would get, say somebody like that went to Chelsea they'd be in the reserve team for a few seasons, they'd have a few loans, and gradually they'd be brought in and they'd be brought up to speed that way. At Newcastle, we are that desperate and we are normally going from one crisis to the next, one injury crisis to the next injury crisis, that we have to thrust these players in. Or we make a stupid decision like not signing not signing solomon rondon so we have to bring in uh, a joe linton further in the deep end and then we then we're surprised that he doesn't hit the ground running you know we don't manage we don't manage players we don't manage situations as effectively as what we could do we have weak minded uh, management we have uh, a chairman who looks very very short sighted at things Uh you know, he's cracked he's tried yeah Chuck him on and then you'll find Joe Linton goes somewhere else and he wins the Golden Boot. He wins the World Cup. He plays for Brazil. Um And, you know, take Joe Linton, substitute him with Luke De Jong. It was hilarious. I was laughing my fucking head off when he's scoring against Manchester United and being all you prawn sandwich-eating bastards. <laughs> choke on that. Uh He was shit for us. And you know what I mean? He's given it large. That was really funny. Ollie at the wheel, Ollie's had a crash, uh, Ollie Oli needs <laughs> <the> RAC. Rio <laughs> Ferdinand crying into his prawn sandwiches as well. I love all of that. I love upsetting the likes of Rio Ferdinand. Really does make my day. Um, but then to see him going in the final and do fantastic as well. You sort of fit sitting there and it's like it's the one that the that, that, that got away. But that is why I keep hammering on that we need to give these players a little bit longer. You mentioned Tovani's another perfect example of somebody that we perhaps should have nurtured a little bit more, should have been a little bit more patient with and this, that and the other. But I understand from a, you know, from a fan's perspective, we're that desperate. We haven't got that many great players, so you're desperate for the next player coming in to be brilliant, yeah. but you can't afford to give them that time at Newcastle. Sadly, I wish we could have a system where we had like a Chelsea one, where they've got another first team stockpiled. Uh, in the reserves, they've got another first team stockpiled away on loan. Uh, you know what I mean? Like when we're scraping around and we're getting like Kennedy off them and thinking in his first season, oh, he's brilliant, Kennedy. And he's like, he's a reserver he's a he's a loaner, he's yeah. a jobber out there. You know what I mean? He's a, he, he was a jobber for Chelsea, but he looked fantastic for Newcastle in that first season. Yeah, um, it's it's just gutting. But in the day, you you, you pleased for the lad, and it's. Again, what I said before about football, writing these little stories, these little quirks and stuff like that. Luke De Jong, uh, Shaft Manchester United was hilarious. And you just knew the rank was on the wall then for the final.
0: It's just going into like other news of the week now. Uh, so we're kind of slowing it down before we go to the last big one, which was uh, Jeff Hendrick. But um, Lazaro signed for Borussia Mönchengladbach this weekend.
1: I'm glad you this, said that.
0: This is it, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can say it quite well. Don't worry mate, But um, Bruce Yamunchan Gladbach, he signed for them on a season-long loan. Newcastle's missed the boat with this start. I'll come out and say that straight away. I don't know why. I don't know why they messed him about. I don't know why they didn't play him enough on loan. Because even the the agents came out and says, "Why wasn't he played enough?" I think there's like I says in the past. I think there's a deal being in place where he's only been allowed to play a certain amount of minutes. And I think that'll come out in 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 a couple of years' time regarding that. But such George, a talent,
1: you
0: know, exactly, mate. It's it's one of them. It's just he's st- he was a talented player that we didn't get to see enough of. You see, you see the talent that he had in little bits, and you think, why didn't he? Why didn't he play? Because he was a fantastic talent, and I would have loved to have seen him in a black white shirt this season, but well <laughs> technically I, w- I would if I go and watch the German league as Bruce Borussia Mönchengladbach's t- first team colours are black and white but obviously I want to see him play for Newcastle but uh, man I tripped around sell there well done Kyle but um nah it's a real shame it's honestly it is he, he, should, he should be playing for Newcastle this season but yeah. as usual you know, the regime slows it down and it obviously moves too slow to, to, to get ahead of him I like the dip with Hendrick but um the other one. We're stuck
1: with Christian bloody Atsu instead. <sighs> it it boils ball, it your piss. It really, really does. We, we didn't see any anywhere near enough of, of, of this lad. I mean, yeah, he's got a dodgy haircut. I mean, yeah, his haircut looked a bit daft and silly, didn't it? Um, and stuff. But, you know, when we've seen him on the pitch, he's looked decent. He's looked pacey. He's looked tricky. He's looked like he's, he's got something about him. He's got a goal in him. And uh, like you said, as soon as we were safe, we should have been trying him out to see could he fit into a system for next season? Can we learn something about them? But Bruce just didn't seem to want to. If you prefer Christine it. after over him, then to me, that, that's a very strange decision. Was he brought in above Steve Bruce's head? Was he not a Steve Bruce signing? Why doesn't Steve He's Bruce come out to. and say something about him? You know what I mean? Come out and say, why, did, why didn't why did you take that option up? Why didn't you try and get him out on an, on another loan? Why can't we have a little bit of clarity off the football club? Um, but yeah, we, we, we've missed a trick, and now that's another position, Kyle, that we need. We need to cover. We need to cover that position
0: because and you um, reckon it's going to be a twenty million pound player to replace him. I don't think it will be. No, be <laughs> for, I think there'll be a free agent slash loan, something like that, of that caliber,
1: or a Jacob Murphy. But that's the cynic in us coming out
0: there. Jacob yeah. Murphy comes back. Yeah, yeah actually, um, you bang on. No. If Jacob Murphy impresses in the friendlies coming up. He will be the replacement, and that's just—it's how bleak it is at the football club at the minute.
1: But it's of like course, a new signing.
0: Would oh God? Would <laughs> would uh, do? Wish Valentino Lazaro the best uh, in know. the in the Bundesliga next season. But like, yeah, it's a, it's a shame to see him go. But the, the another piece of big news, and it was surprising to me actually. Matty Longstaff signs a two-year contract. Um. First of all, I'm happy that he's staying. Local lad and stuff, but Benteleb did nothing but hinder the lad's progress. Haven't seen him have a a start in a Premier League game since early January. It's like, I'm really surprised he stuck around Paul, to be honest. I thought he was out the door. Especially when it hit um, his contract expiry date and we heard nothing. But uh, another thing i'm really surprised by as well is that it's a two-year contract because bruce was saying oh it's a long-term deal it's long-term this the deal that they've just given hendrick is what they should have given the long staff, and the deal that they've given the long stuff, they should have given to hendrick it's like it doesn't it, 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 yeah. just, it doesn't make any sense but like
1: it stinks as shit to be honest from my book i've spoken quite passionately about how the fact that you've just saved jack Colback's wages right he's finally gone brilliant so I, I just just give him what Jack Goldberg was getting. and You're already under under a winner winner. Um, it 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 either reeks of Newcastle being short term. Um, because the thing is, when this season's done, you're back to him being at risk of being out of contract. He's, he's in his final year of his contract again. It makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah, uh, we'll you're not protecting him. him. Yeah, you're not protecting him. You're not tying him down. The only way that this makes sense is if now somebody comes in now there'll be a decent transfer fee for the club that's it that's the only thing that that, that makes sense the only other thing i can think of is if uh, matey said look i'll give you a two year to see whether you st- you know uh, whether you st- stick to your word about developing me whether you stick to your word about game time whether you stick to your word about not signing players to get into my in my road you know because i don't think he trusts newcastle very very much so that's i think true. it could be a move it could be a move on his side to say look I will look at this in, in a year or two's time to see whether you're sticking to your words because, let's face it, the people who run Newcastle are a big bunch of snakes. wouldn't uh, throw, trust them as far as I can throw them. Uh, and we all know Mike Ashley's a fat bastard. So, um, yeah, it's probably a case of he's just trying to protect himself. If he's not played much football, he will go off on a free transfer and himself some decent money and get him some game time. He was linked to Udinese, Leeds, Watford, um, and, and a few others and stuff as well. No shortage. Um, no of interest. So at the end of the day, it's probably a smart deal on on his side, but why did Bruce come out and say a long term when it was only two years? It makes him look like a bigger tit than, you know, than he is. And he needs to build his image up and his reputation up. You know, it's not like a rapid situation where the fans idolise you, Brucey. At the end of the day, I think most fans tolerate and have a, maybe a, a hard-fought respect for the man, you know, because he's gone through a tough situation at Newcastle and he's been through a lot of unusual things and people linked to his job and this, that and the other. But don't, don't bullshit us. Don't say it's a long-term contract, uh, mate, when it's not a long-term contract. Just call a spade a spade.
0: Aye, you should. I think you'd get a lot more credit if you did, Paul, in more yep. examples than just the Matty Long stuff. stuff. But on a positive side, I'm happy Matty's staying. Uh, good midfielder there. Local lad, of course um and I, just, I hope we'll get the same more in in depth next season playing for the team every week because we we nah, needed we him. Need him we needed him in a lot of games last season and the the team went for Bentaleb I mean if anything Paul 100 Hend- Hend- yeah exactly a center back playing in in that position even though he's got the traits to play there he, he's not he doesn't suit that position but the one good thing about Matty signing the contract, the one good thing about Hendrick signing is that Bentaleb won't be re signing. Um, Thank, Thank God. Thank God. Because even Bruce has said he wanted too much money, too much, it was too much cost and things like that. For a player of Bentaleb, Benteleb's quality, fantastic. It means I never get to see him play at Newcastle again, which he's is shit. Is, it's news of the summer to me. Nothing against Benteleb. Sure, he's a lovely lad. But by God, I mean, we're doing a podcast coming up, worst um teams in the premier league era ben alab will be in my team um spoiler alert but he will be Shite. just shit pure and utter shit we've
1: no, had we've yeah at the end of the day you know we, we've said about giving uh, players time and stuff like that but sometimes you can just look at a player like that and just know he's shit There's, there was just no heart no determination even when you played lower league opposition um and then the wanting what you said 95 grand a week he was wanting, and what nine and a half, 10 million pounds for Schalke. You're having a laugh Absolutely you're t- if you're going to get that sort of money. Uh, not, not in a month of absolute uh Sundays. Um, but yeah, b- big call for you to put him in the worst ever uh group. when you've got the likes of Jack Colbach, Fumaka, Des Hamilton. There's some corkers in there, man. Absolute Stephen Island.
0: Even Colbeck had a couple of good games for Newcastle.
1: I like, didn't the championship. You know what I mean, like
0: me. didn't. But uh, on to Jeff Hendricks, who, as we record this signed today um, after the longest medical for a free transfer in in what seems history. But you know why though, now, don't you? Uh, you why know why? That?
1: Well, because yeah, he, he had yeah. The first part of his medical was at... Uh, Melwood, for Liverpool, then he had his second part of his medical down at Spurs just to get permission <laughs> for us to the sign them and then he came obviously to find us in York so uh, that's why it took, <laughs> took, you know what I mean, took a little bit longer than, than predicted but I glad, glad he's in
0: I uh, it is, it's good to see him and we spoke about this on last week's podcast it is a, it is a good sign for me solid signing but obviously it's the one you move on to you move on quick and you look for other signings as well, he's a good squad player can play multiple positions. Works hard, very tenacious. Work hard, working midfielder. You need them in your teams, and I think um, I think in a team like Newcastle, when we know we're going to be fighting towards the bottom, you need a player like players you like need Jack battlers, yeah. so. Yeah, he's, yeah he's, he's, he's no he's no Frank
1: Lampard, is he? He's he's not a Frank Lampard type player. He's not that sort of quality. A goal get there for a midfield. I think he only scored two last season or something. Uh, yeah t- t- i know he's he's um a utility player that you can have across midfield and stuff um but yeah you're quite right we are in a battle there's no doubt about it and we need battlers in there when he uh, players with premier league experience and he ticks that box and he yeah. could be a similar player to a kieran clark look he's not going to get the, the fans off the seats he's not going to get people excited and this, that, and the other. But it's a sensible, solid decision. It's a player that Bruce himself has said that he has personally wanted and personally tracked for a, yeah. you know, a considerable period of time. So you've got to take that into account as well. So he's definitely a Steve Bruce signing and definitely a Steve Bruce player, where some of our previous signings, a la Joe Linton and co, haven't been. Um, but yeah, he's, he's not that player from midfield who's going to score you know above 10 goals a season. Um at end of the day if 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 my, if my mother had had, had a mother had a dick then she'd be my dad. You know what I mean? He's not gonna be like that situation. You've got to call it as you see it. He is just a very, very solid, dependable, hard working player who was linked to move, was it AC Milan in um in, in January. So obviously a player of, of quality. Burnley didn't want to lose him. Sean Dyche, a very hard working manager. Didn't want to lose him. Uh, he decided that he was going to move on. Hasn't played a lot of football recently. Will need some of these games to get a bit of sharpness back and everything. Um, but a lot of people have been sort of groaning at the signing from seeing them play internationally and this, that and the other. But you've got to give the lad a chance. As soon as he crosses that line in a black and white shirt, give it. You know, get, You know. You, we've got to give him 100% support. Uh, raw the lad on I've seen some pretty nasty things on social media being said about him uh, and about the signing and stuff like that but we all know we need strikers we need goals in this team and Definitely. he isn't he, he isn't going to give us you know I, I wish there was another Frank Lampard about I wish there was a Paul Scholes, uh about for us to sign but there just isn't you know our, our top scorer from midfield this season most likely again will be John Joe and uh, we have to just motor on. That's why the striker edition is so bloody important stay Bruce. Pull your finger out your ass.
0: Yeah, I mean, five goals from centre-forward. For, for Newcastle, who's known for strikers across Premier League history, unacceptable. So we need a striker in. So Bruce, get it, get it sorted, mate. I know Hendricks is a solid signing, absolutely, but one, maybe even two strikers needed, a left-back and a right-back and maybe even another midfielder. But, um, well, was, we're getting linked with centre-backs, Paul, which is baffling oh. me. Like I've had my friends take the piss out of me with this all week. We've been linked with Shane Duffy and um, Fabian Cher. has been linked out the door. If Newcastle get rid of Fabian Cher and replace him with Shane Duffy, it's it's Steve Bruce needs locked up for crimes against football because getting rid of a, 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 a technical, solid defender like Fabian Cher, a will a played in the World Cup, for shane Duffy, 9 million it's it blows my mind like if he does about
1: lejeune as well going out on loan
0: it's just absolutely mental there's a there's a twitter account who's fairly reliable in the insights with newcastle he's labeled lejeune um a championship level defender like is he on is he on crack or something? like if that's true and they've labeled him labeled lejeune a a championship level center back. like he's proven under rafa he's not it's just he's had a couple of major injuries. Needs yeah. to when you bring someone back from a major injury and you play him straight away, three games in nine days, he's going to be rusty. But no, he's a championship-level centre-back. Honestly, like, honestly, like, it's so many inconsistencies with Bruce and he needs to start the season well, man. Otherwise, people are going to be yeah. quick to boot him out the form,
1: door. Form is temporary. Class is permanent. It wasn't too long ago people were singing the absolute praises for the likes of uh, Fabian Cher and also uh, Florian Lejeune. He's had two bad injuries. He's going to have to find a way to slightly tweak his game, I think, Lejeune, to be able to fit in, because I do think he's lost a little bit of pace, but there is going to be ring rust there. How many games has he played over a couple of years? Not many, but technically, we're talking technically only, he's probably the best defender we've got at the club. It's just a case of we're not utilising him, and he's been very unlucky with injuries. Um... Is he is he is he's certainly not a championship. That is an absolute insult and a piss take. Uh, and anybody who thinks yes, I mean Fabian shared a couple of dodgy games, uh, but like I said, form is temporary, class is permanent. For sure. exactly. Shane Duffy. And Brighton will loan him out initially. Brighton will, and that probably says everything about us. We'll sell a player for cash, get money back in the pot, and then we'll get a loan player in, a loan. You
0: know what I mean? It I owe you. It, it just sums it up, mate. It's just like... It's, it's head's gone. For me, it's got it's got a lot to do with Steve Bruce. I think he just not know how to use a technically gifted defender. I think he's just got to have this old-fashioned uh, blood and guts type of defender to suit his teams because anyone that can pass a ball is l- useless to him. So, mm-hmm. That's yeah, why he I, like
1: Fernandez. That's why he likes Fernandez. That's why you like a Jamal Cells, because they're old fashioned. Put your body on the line, head it away all day, make blocks, uh, you know, tidy, steady away type uh, you know, players. And yeah, and I, I, mean, need, I I, I, lo- I love
0: need, both them players. now, especially in the modern game. You need that technical mm. player who can pass the ball out into the midfield, and Cher can do that in abundance, and so can Lejeune. If you give him time to, to get back into the team instead of just labelling him a championship player. I mean, that's all um whispers, but if it is true, you know, then it's pointless. I mean, talk about Shane Duffy, he's not exactly a Premier League player. he's 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 similar to Kieran Clark. I mean, obviously not the greatest name, but if you replace share after uh, only twelve month twelve months ago, fourteen months ago, you got player of the year for Newcastle, Northeast Player yeah. of the Year. So he's yeah, the because, first. It'd be ludicrous to me. Absolutely ludicrous. But um to uh, there's what there's a couple of more links. We well, haven't been linked with any strikers, which is a concern. Obviously, we've been speaking about a couple of strikers, but the main one was Aaron Ramsey. Um he's on 400 grand a week at, at Juventus, so I don't know why this one's came up. Um the new manager Andrea Pelo wants rid of him and it's like yeah, no, it's not he's not coming to Newcastle, not in a not in a month of Sundays, so no, yeah. not even
1: if they pay three hundred ninety thousand pound of his bloody week's wages. No. Um no, nah, it's 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 a luxury player. At the end of the day, Carl. Yeah, he's it, it, he's a fantastic player. Don't get me wrong. He did fantastic stuff for Arsenal and everything. Um, but he's a luxury player. And we we're not we're not shopping in Harrods, mate. We're shopping. In, we're shopping in Iceland. We're shopping in the uh you know out of date shorty shelf. You know best before. Buy quick. <laughs> still fresh. Do you know what I mean? That's that's the sort of level we're, we're at. Um, We're getting links with like Harrods players, but at the end of the day... um,
0: It's not going to
1: happen. No, you've got to be realistic. Uh, it, that's just a daft, probably an agent talk who thought that we were going to get taken over. So, mm-hmm. nah. rubbish. Yeah. Absolutely yeah, rubbish.
0: I completely agree, mate. I mean, the last one I've got, Jacob Murphy, you mentioned them briefly before. Um yeah. I think if he impresses in the friendlies, I think he'd be Lazaro's replacement because even even Rafa played him at Bye. right wing once or twice, and I think Bruce will love Jacob Murphy. To be honest, I think he will. I think he'll see Jacob Murphy, and his and his eyes are light up. I think that I think Jacob Murphy, even knowing we keep ourselves podcast, we says he was probably out the door for me. I think um, Jacob Murphy will be a part of the squad next season, and it is nice to see a local lad and stuff like that. But there is major questions of whether he's good enough. I know Bruce has said he hasn't had a fair crack of the whip here, which it can be argued. To be fair, Rafa didn't give him much of a chance, but...
1: From what uh, we've seen...
0: From what we've seen, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like, th- there's, there's a player there, but at best, a low-end ch- uh, low end Premier League player, which is probably what Bruce wants. So, <laughs> it's it, it's one of them. So, it, it yeah, it's... Replacing Lazaro, who's got abundance of talent with uh, with Jacob Murphy. I mean, no disrespect to Murphy, but I just don't think he's... I think he's an average player, best mate for us. And he's on the level Christian Atsu and Aaron's and that type. So, yeah, I think that was one of Rafa's worst signings, if not the worst. But, yeah, uh,
1: a lot of money spent. A lot of that, money spent and not much really back to be able to see, you know, to be able to show off from it. But... It's worrying if we're going to be relying on the on the likes of uh, him to boss the squad out. It really is worrying. Yeah,
0: but uh, I I think unless I've missed anything, Paul, I don't think I have. Um, but I think that's it for this week. I think we've went through everything. Yeah. Um, it's it's been a blast, like it always is. But later this week we've got um one of our followers messaged in with a couple of ideas for podcasts and this says best team and worst team of Premier League era. So me and Paul thought with it being the off season, still we can get a good podcast out of that and have a good laugh with it. So uh following that request from Reese Robson, cheers for sending it in, mate. We'll uh, we're gonna do them podcasts this week and get them out there before we do another wrap up and even we'll put a couple of posts out on my socials as well, um, to for people to send questions in as well. So we're looking at four podcasts after this one in the next ten days or so. So um, if you keep with Wild Magpie twenty four seven, as always, we're going to try and update you the best we can, and hopefully by the next roundup of the week and stuff like that, hopefully we've got some major news coming up soon. Yeah, with but I had
1: strikers takeovers and stuff yeah. like that.
0: If there's a if there's a major striker brought in, we'll do a special on 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 the player. But um, yeah, that's it for this week. Um, on this on the podcast, it's been a blast. like I say, but uh, I've been with Paul. I'm Co-host Kyle Thompson, as always, in the spin the Magpie Twenty Four Seven podcast, and uh, yeah, catches on the next one. See you in a bit.